Welcome to Dayspring Fellowship. You've picked a really good day to join us. Whether you are in the room live, watching live from some exotic locale, like your living room, or watching on demand at some point in the future. Whenever and however you are here, God is ready to do something new in you, and maybe even through you. I'm Chris Voigt, and I lead the team here at Dayspring. I have the privilege of leading an incredible team of people who love helping people grow. In fact, that's just what we do here at Dayspring. People grow here. So if you want to grow, you're in the right place. If you are visiting Dayspring today, we want you to know that we are a come-as-you-are kind of church. No one here is perfect. In fact, all of us have messy lives. But through relationship with Jesus, we are experiencing healing and wholeness. We're working through our junk together, and there is always room for someone new. Even if you haven't bought into this whole Jesus thing yet, or are skeptical about church or the Bible, wherever you are, we'd love to meet you there and walk with you as you figure it out. We're all on a journey, and wherever you are on your journey, welcome. You can learn more about us as a church by exploring our website at dsf.church by checking out our Facebook page or contacting us by phone or email. If you need help figuring out the next step to making Dayspring your church home, or if you just have questions, let us know. We'll help you find the answers. For today's service, you can find study questions by selecting Watch from the top menu of our website. And now, let's join our service. glad to be here with all of you. You know, welcome to the last of four messages uh, in our series, Finding Peace in a Peaceless World. Now, I'm not referring to peace as our culture would think of it. Uh, Peace in our world today is more likely to mean the absence of trouble rather than the presence of contentment. Uh, But if a biblical peace is not about subtraction of something, problem, stress, difficulty, but it's about the addition of Jesus. Wherever Christ is present, true peace is available. True peace, biblical peace, doesn't ebb and flow like feelings can. This kind of peace is so deep within us that is part of our character. And over the past three weeks, as we have unpacked this deep, authentic peace, we have looked at some things that steal our peace, and we've talked about how we experience peace differently when we turn our focus from our current circumstances to the one who's actually in control of those circumstances. We've also identified some ways to redirect our thinking and reframe our perception of life, ways to remind us of the peace that resides within us through the Holy Spirit when we have a relationship with Jesus. And we've talked about how to change unhealthy habits that keep us from experiencing the peace that Jesus offers us. And we, um, we've covered quite a bit in these past three weeks. And if you were just tuning in for the first time today or if you've missed uh, any of the talks in the series, I encourage you to go to our website and or our Facebook page and watch those messages. I think you'll be glad that you did. With all that we have talked about, I hope you have been experiencing God's peace in a new and a fresh way. 
I hope that you've been more mindful of his presence in your life and that you've been able to let go of the things that steal your peace. I really do hope and pray that for you. And I have to say that being at peace, experiencing the real depth of God's peace is a great place to be. And I described this piece last week as a character trait. It, it's a virtue that grounds us. It's a, it's a readiness or a disposition to live in, to walk in, to act in peace. It's a peace that comes from deep within us. It's an everyday, ordinary manner of being. It's when inside us, we have the sense of wholeness and structural integrity in our heart, in our mind, our emotions, and our body our soul, our social setting as well. And it is a peace that only Jesus brings. This peace is a picture of the nature of God. And this biblical peace saturates the hearts of those who love him. And it's, it's contagious to others. When we walk into a room, this kind of peace calms a space. It calms a storm around us, and other people can feel it. And in turn, they want to experience it also. So as awesome as our experience with peace is, this isn't all about us. The peace of God that we have inside is not solely for our own enjoyment. It's really about the ability to give it away to someone else. It's not just for you. It's not just for me. It's for us to share with others. Sharing our peace or giving away our peace is part of our spiritual growth. But you can't give away what you don't have. Here at Dayspring, we believe in growing spiritually. We believe that God loves us and wants a relationship with us, with each one of us. Our God is a pure and holy God. And God's holiness is a state of perfection without flaw or sin. His holiness is the exact opposite of man's sinful nature. Humans are messed up, selfish people who say and think and do things that separate us from God. Simply put, we reject his offer for a relationship and, and we choose to go our own way. We call that sin. Because sin is so offensive to God, this attitude separates us from God and it keeps us from having a relationship with him. But God created and designed us to have relationship with him. So he made a way. God says that if we surrender our will to him by believing that Jesus paid the cost for our sin and inviting Jesus into our lives to be the one in control, we can have a personal relationship with the God of all the universe for all of eternity. And we call this having faith in Jesus. And this is how we can fully experience the peace that Jesus offers. This is how the Apostle Paul summarized it in Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith,
We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. Once we have that relationship, it is our privilege to continue to grow, to think like, act like, be like Jesus more and more each day. That's why here at Dayspring, we teach God's truth on Sunday mornings, and that's why we have groups and classes to help us understand what spiritual growth looks like up close and personal. We grow spiritually to become more like Christ. We, come, we become more like Christ so that we can reflect him accurately to a world that desperately needs Jesus. Our world needs to see the unconditional love of Christ instead of a love with conditions or strings attached. People need to experience patient, patience and compassion from those who follow Jesus. They need forgiveness and they, they need to experience true peace. And we are called by God to be, to be ones that show the world just how incredible a relationship with God can be. And, and I think we are all aware of the overwhelming distress in our world today. Uh, the past few years, riots have been at an all-time high. Violence and conflict are in the news every day. It's in our schools, in our government, in our streets, in our homes. And no matter which direction you look, there's contention, outrage, offense. It's common for people to, be, to believe that they have the right to say whatever they're thinking. It's my truth, so I can say it out loud. I can even force my thoughts on you. I don't have to consider you. This is my truth, so that's all that's important. But this attitude of me first and my way or the highway contributes to the lack of peace that we experience as a culture. This lack of peace is all around us on, on both the communal level and on the personal level. And that's why it is so important for us to not only experience peace individually, but to be ambassadors of peace to those around us, the entire world, right down to our own living rooms, needs the peace that we have been talking about. So let's finish the series by talking about the importance of sharing our peace, giving away our peace. But first, let's invite the Lord to be a part of our journey this morning. Heavenly Father, our will, our beliefs, our attitudes can all get in the way of us sharing you with others, sharing the true peace that you give us to others. We invite you today to expose to us any place in our hearts or in our thinking where we are not peaceful with you, which in turn makes it not with others. So God, have your will, have your way in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Tony and I love to travel. Near, far, doesn't really matter. Um, let's just get out of Dodge and have an adventure. 
And now I'm, I'm kind of a organized, relatively planner kind of person, relatively organized, or at least I used to be. I mean, things change the older you get. Start to forget what you were organizing for in the first place. Um, anyway, um, we were getting ready for, uh, whether we're getting ready for a big trip or a small trip, um, I want to know what time we're leaving. It's important to me to know that. I want to know what time we're leaving. I want to plan my morning accordingly so that I can be ready to leave precisely at the scheduled time. Because that precise time is when my vacation begins and I don't want to miss one single second. So obviously it's very important for me to leave on the scheduled time. Now, in the past, I may or may not have gotten a little prickly as the minutes tick, tick, ticked away past the departure time. And I, I realized that I was losing precious vacation time that I would never get back. So you can understand why it was such a big deal. So over the years when I would ask Tomney, what time are we leaving? He changed the answer from a specific time to, how about we don't set a specific time? How about we just get out the door when we're ready? Seriously, them are fighting words. <laughs> now, I've had to really work on letting go of this stressor over the years. And a couple of weeks ago, we uh, went on a little family trip to Sun River, which we do every year, and it's the day of departure. And the previously discussed time for said departure, in my understanding, was noon. And I had a 7 a.m. meeting that day, but I knew I'd be home before 10, you know, a quick pack up of those last minute, last minute stuff, and we would be off on vacation at noon. Unbeknownst to me, Tony had told the kids that we'd be leaving around 2 p.m. So that would be why he was in our backyard cooking three pounds of bacon, six pieces at a time, on our mini Traeger. Now, doing the math here, there's a slight discrepancy in the departure times. And I suddenly realized that I was losing two hours of my precious vacation time. I had a choice to make. My usual response, which would be to freak the heck out, <laughs> or I could choose peace. I could choose to be an ambassador of peace and we could actually enjoy the dreaded two-hour delay. And after 120 very long minutes of continued prayer for my attitude, we were off. And Tony said on our way down the street, thank you for making the morning enjoyable. Or something along those lines. But you know, most of us want some form of control over most things in life. And it's funny that we have no control over so much, but have so much control over our own response to life circumstances and other people. 
how we respond to those life circumstances and in our relationship either brings peace or strife. And if we want to be more like Jesus, we must choose peace and reject strife. Let me say it again. Biblical peace saturates the hearts of those who love Jesus, and it is contagious to others. When we are at peace, this kind of peace, it, it calms a room. It calms a storm. It restores relationships, and other people can feel it. And in turn, they want to experience it also. This means that we have the opportunity to share peace with others by living out the peace that we have within. We have a responsibility to share the peace that we have within. And one way that we share that peace is to choose to live in harmony with others. If we have the peace of Christ in us, we have a duty to use our peace to live at peace with other people. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome, encouraging them to live in peace. So let's take a look at Romans 15, verses 1 through 7. We who are strong, meaning mature believers, we who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to, to please himself, as the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God who gives this patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ. Then all of you can join together with one voice giving praise and glory to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given the glory. We have a responsibility to live in harmony with others. And it is fitting for the followers of Christ to live in harmony. Now, I love to sew. I, I often have people, they'll bring me an article of clothing uh, for me to do alterations. And when something doesn't fit well, uh, people don't want to wear it. It just, it doesn't fit right. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't look good. And for some reason, they think I can alter a gunny sack into a wedding gown. Um, anyway, we want our clothing to be suitable, proper, becoming. And when believers are living in harmony with each other, it's, it's like a well-fitting garment. It feels good, and it looks becoming. And as, as growing or more maturing Christians, we are the ones who should be setting the tone here. Unfortunately, we aren't always all that great at living in harmony. In fact, sometimes we are better at creating conflict than we are at harmony. Obviously, we can't control what others do or say, but we can control what we do or say. We don't always have to be right 
or be acknowledged as right even if we are. We don't always have to convince someone else to turn from their way to our, our way. Our job is to pray and trust Jesus to do his perfect work in them and in us and to love others well. Um, this fighting to be right usually comes from a selfish desire, a need to be right. I, I, I want you to do it the way I do it because, well, because my way is the better way. Uh, I, and that may be true. Your way may be the better way. However, it is also true that there is more than one way to load the dishwasher. Now, if the dishwasher is causing contention in your house, you may want to rethink your relationship priorities. Uh, does the need to impose the better way outweigh the opportunity to live in harmony? Which one represents Jesus better? Uh, we are not born to be right. We are not born to be the dishwasher police. We are born to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and to show his love and his grace to others. The need to be right causes strife. It's the exact opposite of harmony. So let's look at a few things that help us achieve living in harmony. First, from verse 1, we must be considerate of others. Be considerate. To be considerate means to show kindly awareness or regard for another's feelings or circumstances. We need to show kindness towards others and take into account their feelings and their circumstances. And I would also add that we need to be kind when someone is expressing an opinion that is different from ours. A synonym for considerate would be charitable. Show charity in your heart for others' feelings, circumstances, opinions. And let's also define the word opinion because I think sometimes we, we really get this one confused. And an opinion can be a belief or judgment that rests on grounds of, that are um, insufficient to produce complete certainty. In other words, I'm right, but I can't prove it. And just because you read it on the internet or you saw it on TikTok does not make it true. An opinion could be a personal view or attitude or the appraisal of a situation. Again, not necessarily fact, but a personal view. It may be based on fact or partial fact, but not always. And a, an opinion can also be a formal expression of professional judgment, a doctor's opinion, for example. Now, the word opinion originates from the Latin word to think. When someone expresses their opinion, they are expressing what they think about a subject. We need to be kind to others when they express their thoughts, even if we don't agree. We can agree to disagree agreeably. And over the past couple of years, Christians have, haven't done a great job here. People, Christian people, have left churches 
damaged relationships because of their disagreements on social issues, political issues, health issues. The fact of the matter is we do not have to agree on everything. Not all of my children have the same political views as I do. It doesn't change my love for them. This should apply to my friends and strangers as well. My relationships should not be based on others thinking like me. My relationships should be based on the Jesus I have inside of me and how I want to manifest him to others. As followers of Christ, we are, we are to be peacemakers, not peace breakers. I mean, what if instead of arguing the point, I just listened and I asked questions for insight and understanding of their position? Or what if I just loved them where they are instead of trying to convince them that I am right? Might that create a relationship of trust where they might be interested in the most important things that I believe in? Like who Jesus is and how their lives may be changed by a relationship with him? When we love well, listen well, and show consideration to others, especially when we have differing ideas, we are sharing peace with them. We are creating harmony, not strife. We need to accept each other just as Christ accepted us so that, the, that God will be given the glory. Another thing that we need to consider when we are to promote harmony is our expectations of others. When other people don't behave as we think they should, we can often be critical of their actions, their attitudes, or their words. Be honoring. We've got to be honoring. In chapter 14 of the book of Romans, Paul is encouraging believers not to criticize other believers, but in the non-essentials of faith, to be patient and accepting and live in the unity that they have in Christ. So let's look at Romans 14, starting with verse 1. Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. And who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive approval. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whatever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor the Lord. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it is to honor the Lord. So whether, 
it is to it is to honor the Lord. And if if we live, it's to live for the Lord. If we on if we die, it is to honor the Lord. So wherever so whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose to be Lord of both the living and the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we all stand before the judgment seat of God. For scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue declare the allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. I know and I am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it's wrong, then for that person it is wrong. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God, and others will approve of you too. So then, let us, re let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Now, some Christian Jews in Rome had gotten hung up on which food was okay for believers to eat, and they were applying Old Testament restrictions to diet and were unwilling to give up observance of the Sabbath and other special days and celebrations. But the problem that Paul addresses is that they were condemning those who did not have the same restrictions and observations which is not a salvation issue, it's a rule-based issue. And we have many situations today that fall into the condemnation by other believers category. A common example might be alcohol use. Should Christians drink alcohol? The Bible doesn't say not to drink it. It, it says not to be intoxicated by it. The Bible says do not be intoxicated by anything other than the Holy Spirit. And, and that doesn't mean that everyone should drink alcohol. Some people should never touch the stuff because they have an addiction and, and they can't stop once they start. So the answer is different for different people. But there are Christians today who have a hard and fast rule, no alcohol, which is fine until they criticize or judge someone else for their stance on the matter. On the flip side, if you know someone that has a strong stance or a problem with drinking, abstain out of consideration. I mean, just because you have the right or you don't have an issue with it doesn't mean that you should exercise your position if it makes others uncomfortable or causes someone to stumble. This is not acting in love. And it certainly doesn't contribute to creating harmony, bringing peace to the situation. What we have to remember is that it's not our job to judge others, criticize others, or condemn others. Let's look again at verses 10 and 12. 
So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to the Lord. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God, so let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. Every person will stand before God. One day, they will account for their choices, and they will not stand before us. Take note, they're not standing before us. So in the meantime, let's love well and together in peace. And our last point to, for the day is be gentle. Uh, so much of our culture today encourages us to be bold or be strong or just say it like it is. Kind of this bull in the china shop approach. But those who have the peace of Jesus are gentle. Gentleness, in fact, is strength restrained. Gentleness is the ability to restrain our strength in love, to give up the need to be right or stronger or in control of the situation. It is putting another individual's needs before our own. Ephesians 4.2 says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Our humility comes from a healthy assessment of who we are in Christ. We are loved and valuable and not in charge. Our gentleness comes from the understanding that we can, we can restrain our strength because we understand and trust that Jesus will use his. Our patience comes from trusting in God's perfect work in others and in us. Being humble, gentle, showing patience, and making allowances for each other's faults brings peace. And as we have said again and again, as this peace continues to be established in us, it flourishes, and because it is rooted in, in the love of Jesus— when we grasp the truth that we are loved by God and when we surrender to his will for our lives, our path to peace begins. And as we grow and are filled to the measure of the fullness of, that God guarantees, our, our peace will well up to overflowing and it will spill over to the people and events in our lives. And it will bring peace to a room and it will be calm in a storm. Author Todd Hunter wrote this. Though we continue to commit sins, sin is not where we live. Though we are, we are on earth, we are not in the world in the sense of being indifferent to or in rebellion against God. We are not in the past with its mistakes, regrets, or even exploits. We are not in the future with its fears and its hoped-for successes. None of those things define us. If we try to let them define us, we invite anxiety and conflict. 
If we seek to discover our union with God, little by little we will receive peace and take on the characteristics of a person of peace. What a privilege we have to be of such influence to others. What an honor we have to be able to share the love of Christ to others by the peace that we bring into each situation that we experience. We have the choice to either bring strife and stress or to tap into that peace that Christ gives and allow it to flow out over others just like a refreshing breeze. What are you bringing when you enter the room? What are you bringing to that relationship? What are you bringing to the situation? Are you bringing a peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace that only Christ can bring? Are you a peacemaker? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what an honor and a privilege it is to be ambassadors of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That you choose us to show him to others. That you choose us to be the vessels of your peace. Please don't let us take that for granted. Help us to keep our eyes and ears open. Help us have a checkpoint in our spirit when we're the ones causing the strife. God, help us to be lovers of Jesus who, who bring peace to the world. God, help us to be lovers of Jesus who speak Jesus over others. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Let me encourage you to download the study questions by selecting Watch from the top menu of our website. Working through those questions on your own or with others will help the truth of God's Word find its place in your life. Please reach out if you have any questions or want help on your spiritual journey. My email address is on the screen, or you can call the church during the week. This ministry is made possible because of people like you, people who believe in what God is doing through Dayspring. Your financial generosity is proof of God's work in your life. If you are just checking us out today, please know that we don't expect you to give anything to support Dayspring. That is the responsibility of our Dayspringers. Just enjoy the rest of your day. If you'd like to start giving, we have three easy ways for you to get us your gift. Please see the online giving section of our website or text GIVE to the number on your screen or mail a check to us at the address you'll find on our website. Also, thank you for liking and sharing and following Dayspring on whatever platform you are using, maybe even rating us where that is appropriate. It is really encouraging to me when you share something that has impacted you through this service with someone else. Until we meet again, may the God of all peace give you peace at all times and in every situation.